Matthew 28 on the home stretch, the last chapter of Matthew. I think I mentioned last time it took three years to get through it the first time and it's taken six years the second time. Praise the Lord, I won't be around for a third time. <laughs> It'd be 12 years. But we're here in Matthew 28 and keep seeing more and more as you go. I go through it. And uh, this is one of those times when uh, we're taking a little bit out of here of what these ladies were doing in verses 9 and 10 of 28 in obedience to the Lord and expanding on the thought. We're looking <coughs> at the great consolation for the servants, Matthew 28, 1 to 10. The attendance at the tomb, we've seen that. We've looked at the angel at the tomb. And uh, this is, we've seen his radiance, his reassurance, and his request. And this is what these ladies are responding to, the request of this angel. And go quickly, in verse 7, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. Do you notice some of the words and the actions of these ladies when they heard the angels say? The angel said, go quickly. What did they do? They ran. <laughs> they ran to the, tell the disciples. Um, <clears throat> So they departed quickly from the sacrament of fear and great joy and did run to bring the disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, they were in the way, they were on the road, they were doing the will of God, they were about his business, they were fulfilling the commission that he'd given them. This just one important thing, you know, some, sometimes in life we don't know when something like this comes up, a very important job and task to do. They ran to do it. And uh, the opportunities will come. You need to grab them because they might pass and there won't be another op opportunity. A reminder of those two fellows in the Old Testament, the two runners, they call them runners, I think, when they were told to go and report to the king. And uh, the, the second one outrun the other one. <laughs> and uh, was it Jehu, I think, outrun the other guy? And he, he, the way he run and the, and the fellow on the wall could say, I think it's Jehu coming. <laughs> they, he must have been like a bit of kangaroo going for it, running to tell and give, bring the news. But anyway, we need to be about the business of the Lord and doing it quickly. I think even the world can see something's up, something's on. As these scientists have said, something's coming down and uh, it's coming quickly. We don't just get rain, we get floods. We just get a little fire, we get fires. All up and down the, uh, what's that, the Great Divide. <clears throat> we get a drought, covers the land. And the more I read about droughts in the Old Testament, the more I read, they're, they're just a judgment. They're a judgment. And we need to listen. God is saying something to us. <clears throat> but these ladies went to tell his disciples, Behold, Jesus met them in the way. You know, when you're about God's business, when you're doing what God wants you to do, he'll meet you in the way. Because and he'll give you further tasks to do too, 
And that's what we'll be looking at a little bit tonight. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that we have examples of men and women who did that which they were bidden to do. And they ran, they went quickly, they didn't mess around. And Lord, uh, we ought to follow their example. And from this morning, we have abilities, we have talents, we've been commissioned. We, Lord, are stewards of yours. We need to be about our, our Father's business and not be distracted by the world and the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life that draws us away from your things and Lord all, all this will all be over for us all soon and Lord then we'll look back and I pray that we won't be wishing we had done more that we'd gone quickly instead of slowly that we'd listen instead of blocked our ears to your call in our lives bless the word as it's ministered tonight we ask in Jesus name Amen <clears throat> so we have the appearing at the tomb of, uh, near the tomb, not at the tomb, they were on their way. <laughs> when we obey the light that we have, we are given more light. This is God's way. It's the way that educators should do education too. <laughs> you don't go to the next grade until you pass the grade you're in. You don't go up. M remember those days when they kept you down? I won't ask if you had to repeat a class, <laughs> but some people did, and that was the way they did it. They don't think they do it anymore. I remember in year six equivalent where I went of high school that at the end of the year when you did the exams that weren't written by the school, they were written outside the school, they come, the exams come from outside, and you had to do the exam. And the education system geared it so that they had to have, say, 80% pass or whatever of the young people pass. So if you got 45 out of 100, you could still pass because they had to get so many passed. Now you start thinking about that. You got 45% correct answers on out of 100 and you go up to the next class. What's going to happen? You're going to struggle <laughs> because you don't know what you've been taught there and if they're building on last year, next year is going to be real hard and get worse that has a multiplying effect. With the Lord, he puts us, as it were, in classes and uh, through, through, uh, through exams in our lives, through, through trials and testings and things that come. And do we pass the test? Or do we get there, you know, 45%? Well, they're scraping through with the majority to <laughs> get these people through into the next class. No, the Lord doesn't do that. What does he do? takes us round again in that class to learn the lessons of life. And so <clears throat> in the way, Jesus meets us. These ladies were on the way, in the way, not in, on the way. Let's say on the way, sounds better. <laughs> and Jesus meets us as we minister for him. And there's a few areas that I was thinking through that we need to be on the way or in the way on. <laughs> Unless you're in the way of salvation, you will have no light. It does tell us about this in the scriptures. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. <clears throat> where we read, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. 
Knock and it shall be opened unto you. There's an invitation. And so we're, as we're on the road towards salvation, we might be on the broad road with everybody else, but then we hear the saying, seek, knock. And um, <clears throat> there's three things there, wasn't there? Ask, seek and knock. You're on the way towards salvation and the Lord will meet you in the way. In fact, the Lord will come out of his way to meet you as the prodigal's father did. He saw his son coming from a great way off and ran to meet him. And when the Lord sees us even just slightly turning toward him in salvation, he's, he's on the way to us and he meets us and we'll have the light. The light of the glorious gospel. You were once darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. What does it say? Walk as children of light. John's gospel, chapter 1 and verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. When we see the Lord, when we seek the Lord, when we knock and ask for the Lord, he's there immediately to meet our spiritual need to save our souls. So unless you're on the way of salvation, you see other people here with you. Other people were at the service where I was when the, the message of the gospel was preached. They were unsaved, but they didn't respond. There's a seeking heart. And God listens and attends and meets our need. In John's gospel, chapter 3, in verse 19, it clearly states after verse 16, the favorite verse, and there in verse 19, And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that do, doth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought of God. Come to the light, it's shining for thee. <laughs> so on the way of salvation... Unless we're on the way and quickly on the way huh. to sanctification, you have no light. You see, these are classes. Salvation comes first, does it not? Then sanctification. There's a growth in our Christian life. Romans chapter 6, I was thinking of what passage tells us to get in the way of sanctification. And there are many. I think this one points it out more than many. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Talking to Christians? No, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer in it? Get out of the way of sin and onto the way of sanctification and walking with the Lord in his way. Um, we're not going to graduate to service until we've been set apart for the Lord. And, and before that, before we get saved. We, we, we can't serve if we're not saved. <laughs> And really, we can't serve if we're not sanctified. And if we are serving when we're unsanctified and walking in sin in a carnal way, our heart will rebuke us if we're truly right with the Lord. The Lord will really speak to our hearts. Verse 11 of Romans 6. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Talking to Christians. Dead to sin, alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. It doesn't say it won't come and you won't be tempted, but don't let it be king. Reign in your mortal body that you should obey at its lust. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Our members, our, our facult the faculties of our body, 
unto sin, but yield yourselves to God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So in the way of sanctification, next class, we get saved. And, and when we get saved, we don't know about all these other things, but they come, don't they? They're classes to graduate, go through and graduate in. <clears throat> then verse 14. And right down to the end of the chapter, we won't read it all, to verse 22, but sin, sin shall not have dominion over you. It's not going to reign in your life. You're not under the law, but under grace. What? What? Then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Don't presume upon the grace of the Lord. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, he servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. So get in the way of sanctification and you'll receive more light. You see, it's from glory to glory that the, the pathway opens up. The straight and narrow way becomes more evident as you live your Christian life. In the way of salvation, you get the light of it. In the way of sanctification, you see the will of the Lord and the light of the Lord. And from glory to glory, we become more like him, changed into his image. The, the thing we speak about there. <clears throat> now let's go to the next one. Unless we're in the way of straightening out severed relationships. Or, or you could put it like this. Unless you're in the way of stitching up broken nets. <laughs> I like it where the disciples, before they were called, they were mending their nets. And sometimes we need to mend, sit down, go back and mend some nets. Romans chapter 5, I mean, Matthew chapter 5. Mend some nets of the relation, relationships. In <clears throat> <And> verse 21. <clears throat> Matthew 5. And ye have heard that it was said uh, by them of old, thou shalt not kill and Whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, which shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if thy brother, if thou... No, start again. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rem rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, go thy way, first be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly while thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt by no means come out from there till thou hast paid the uttermost father, farthing. So, agree, <clears throat> work it out, mend the net, get it right with our brother and sister in the Lord. A severed relationship won't allow us to graduate to next class unless we rectify that. Chapter 6 of Matthew speaks of the similar thing in verse 14 of Matthew 6. And we read there, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So in the way of stitching up, straightening out severed 
relationships. Mend the nets. Your sacrifice won't be accepted and your sins won't be forgiven and you'll walk in the darkness without the light. Um, it does talk in Hebrews 12 verse 15 about a root of bitterness springing up, troubling many uh, from that in your life so that you can move forward, get things right with people, get things right with the Lord himself. In the way, unless you're on the way of service and uh, salvation, sanctification and uh, stitching up the nets, the broken nets, and then the way of service. <clears throat> if you don't see, if you're not in the way of service, you won't see the open doors. You'll walk right past the opportunities. <clears throat> there were the sailors. Paul was on a boat once. And they were out at sea. He was on his way to Rome as a prisoner, I think, on that occasion. And it says they were waiting outside the harbour to head into port. And that was opposite the port opportunity. Strike the sail because you didn't have a, an engine, internal engine in those days, to go against the wind. You had to wait for the wind to be in the right direction. In Tasmania, if you go down on the west side, down there to that lake, the big freshwater lake, and they've got all those salmon ponds in there. Oh, I can't remember it. Franklin. I think Franklin runs into it. Anyway, where it goes in, it's open, it opens out to the ocean. <coughs> it's called Hell's Gates. And... Uh, we were there and it was an okay day to go out of Hell's Gates. <laughs> we got out. <laughs> but we, and, and they got out there and there's all these mutton birds and they just made them all fly up and they wet us all. But anyway, I can remember. And went out there and they were talking about the sailing ships when they were bringing... Three sailing ships came there once to bring people who had offended in England. What do you call them? Uh, your relatives. The convicts. <laughs> onto Sarah, Sarah Island in, in that lake. There's an island called Sarah Island. And there was one that got there and he struck sail and he got in. And the other two ships had to sit out in the ocean for two months before they struck sail or had the right wind to get in. And that's a little bit like Christians in service. Unless you you know, opposite the port and the wind's going in the right direction, opportunity, you take the opportunity... You won't strike sail and get in for the... You might miss the boat. You might miss the opportunity. Don't do that. You know, when the Lord... The Lord doesn't have to ask twice. <laughs> he might ask once. He might say another a second time. But it could be months later. It could be years later where the opportunity comes for service. And, and, and what better service to be in than the service of the Lord, the King of Kings? Do it. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> see the open door and take that. Ephesians chapter 2 talks to us as Christians about us being his workmanship created for good works. Chapter 2 and verse 10. We are his workmanship. Yes, created, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should, we should walk in them opportunity for service but if we're not being sanctified the lord's not going to open the door the lord's not going to show us the opportunity we need to be in these orders salvation sanctification get right with 
uh, stitching up the broken nets um, and the opportunity to service. And one other one that I've got down here is, unless you're in the way of the scriptures, we have no light at all, do we? Second Timothy, there it tells us that all scripture is given by inspiration of God, verse 16 of chapter 3, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. All scripture is given for a purpose. In Psalm 119, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Stay in the scriptures so that you have the, the light on the way. <clears throat> those, little, those little lights you use on the band on your head are great things. You've got two hands to work instead of holding one hand and trying to do a nut up and hold the light. And You remember how it used to be difficult, but now it's so easier, much easier. And having the light in, there on your, in your head, well, having the light on your head. But having the light of the Lord and the scriptures of the Lord with you gives you a lot of light. And I think as we go through the book of Proverbs, we're going to see a lot of things in the scriptures that give us light on the pathway. Of life, and that's in the adult class that we're doing. That Tony's doing there the the proverbs, and and they're doing that in in the youth group too, aren't you? You, we've you've started. I don't know how, but it's a different one, <laughs> it, it, the, a different study. In but in proverbs, uh, <clears throat> in the Word of God, Second Peter, Second Peter, chapter one. And I think this is where uh, Brother Berg got some studies from for essential virtues. It's it's, it's Second Peter chapter one. As his in this is in verse three, uh, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, how to live a Christian life. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, by which are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these, and these are in the word of God, as you're in the word of God and the light shining, by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. How do we become more like the Lord Jesus? Get into the word of God. He is the light. He is the word. Having escaped the corruption, the corruption that's in the world through lust, and beside this give all diligence, Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. See, passing the classes. Huh? All these things that we get and gain through study of the scripture, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness charity. If these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. See, he hasn't passed the class. He's still on the. He needs to get into the way of salvation if he's not saved. Sanctification is he if he is saved, and getting things right with our fellow man in the way of service and in the scriptures. <clears throat> we think back to these some people that wanted to see the Lord Jesus. And I was thinking about this, and I thought I'd add this to our thoughts tonight. <clears throat> they say 
if you want to teach, keep it simple, silly, kiss. I think that's the thing that goes around, isn't it? And so we're going to do something simple tonight and uh, keep it simple, silly, on the silly, see. The Zacchaeus up a tree. What was he doing? He was seeking the Lord Jesus. Like these women, they were seeking the Lord Jesus. And, and in the way, he turned up. <laughs> and they run and worshipped him and held him by the feet. And uh, <clears throat> the best place to be <laughs> as a Christian is at the feet of the Lord Jesus. Or, or looking, at least seeking the Lord Jesus. Jesus was journeying to Jerusalem and he halted at Jericho. In John 4.4, it tells us of another occasion where he didn't go through Jericho, but it says in John 4.4, and he must needs go through Samaria. And being wearied, he... With his journey, he sat down at a well. And when he went there, Jesus journeying there, he met the woman. The woman wasn't seeking. She was seeking water. But she found better than water. She found the water of life, didn't she? There at the well. <clears throat> but the thought of he must need go through Samaria. Jews didn't go through Samaria. But Jesus did. And the woman said, what are you being a Jew, a man, doing this for a woman of Samaria? She was utterly shocked. <clears throat> I think it's a perfect picture of the Lord going through Gentile territory. He's been in it for 2,000 years. And he was only there two days. And then he must leave. He had to get off that territory. Just a thought. You can take that a long way. Uh, if you go into Old and New Testament alike. But journeying to Jerusalem, he halted at Jericho. He entered the house of Zacchaeus, who eagerly received him. And I've put down Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Any man will hear my voice and open the door. I'll come into him and sup with him and he with me. And he entered the open door of the house of Zacchaeus. <laughs> who eagerly received him. Remember the sycamore tree that we had at home. It was right, it's gone now, but it, it was at where the yards, where you loaded the cows on the, on the ramp. We call it the ramp, into the truck. And the little twilly things that come down from it every year, the seeds. But the house, and it wasn't a real big tree. It, and, and if it was going to be big, it would be big down there because it just everything grows down Emerald. <laughs> you put it in and it just grows and... They weren't a big tree, but Zacchaeus was high enough, got up high enough to see over the crowd. And he invited the Lord home. Have we invited the Lord home? Have we sought the Lord Jesus? When you seek him, ye shall find him. He is not far from every one of us. Acts said, Paul said in Acts to those there, you know, all these idols, all these gods you've got set up, but I'll tell you about the living God. And uh, they op he opened the eyes of many that day. Have you eagerly received him? But as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. He entertained him joyfully. Have you entertained the Lord Jesus in your home, in your body, in your house, in your, you know, 
liken it to that. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And as it says in the Song of Solomon 2 verse 4, he brought me into his banqueting house and his banner over me is love. When we seek to see the Lord, he will reveal himself to us, just like he did to Zacchaeus. Seeking Jesus and serving Jesus, Zacchaeus was satisfied by the Lord Jesus. <laughs> and we've just been talking about serving the Lord Jesus. And we are be, will be satisfied by him. In Psalm 107 verse 9, For he satisfieth the longing soul, and he filleth the hungry soul with goodness. And so Zacchaeus found life that day. Zacchaeus found more than just seeing the Lord, he got the Lord in his house. And so it is with the people that seek the Lord Jesus. He will come in. He will knock and, he will, and you open the door, he will come in and he will meet your needs eternally. What a whole lot of difference it is for a person to get saved as compared with a person that's not. And the uncharitable Jews, unable to understand Jesus. Matthew 23 and verse 15. What does it tell us? All in, I mean, actually, all of Matthew 23 right to the end there woe to you jewish people you know you blind leaders of the blind if the blind lead the blind what will happen both will fall into the ditch yeah there was blind people around in the occasion at the resurrection they were so blind and so stubborn that they they bribed the soldiers and it was reported unto the day that matthew wrote the book of matthew that they had done this it was common knowledge that they had done this and tried to keep the resurrection quiet. And when we shut, shut, shut the Lord Jesus out and we don't seek the Lord Jesus in our life, and when the world does that, it's walking on in blindness and to a definite destructive end. And the uncharitable Jews. Who, who gets Israel My Glory, the, little, the, the magazine? Does anyone get that? There's a few people get that. And the, the last one has been about the, the diaspora, the, the, the scattering of the Jews, and some great articles in there. Um, John Wayne, is it John Wayne? Twain, Mark Twain. I don't know, Mark Twain, 1800s, and what he thought of the Jews. And, and uh, he, he said, you know, not, not, a, not a believer, but about the things that he said at that time about the Jewish people and the nation. And how they've been scattered for all these, these years because they rejected, they were uncharitable. Their religious leaders told them that he wasn't their Messiah. They were unable to understand the Lord Jesus. They didn't seek him. And they paid a high price for it. But miraculously, they're still a nation. <laughs> Unbelievable how it has happened. If you read through that, that whole issue, the monthly issue or three-monthly issue, of that, it's got a lot of, lot of facts in there about the Jewish people. And uh, maybe <laughs> there's of 900 Nobel Peace Prize winners for the last 125 years, 200 of them have been Jewish people. And, and, and the people who are putting this together said, why is this so? <laughs> why is it so? Because God's blessings upon them, even in their diaspora, in their scattering around the world. And they've been brought back. It's unmistakable. And 
And even Richard Dawkins gets in on the act and says, what's going on here? Why is, why is this so? <laughs> well, if you'd listen and not be uncharitable toward the Lord Jesus, toward the Jews, and seek him, you would understand what it's about. But the son of man who sought and saved the sons of Abraham. Why the son of man who sought and saved the sons of Abraham? And we've read from 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5 and 9 to 11. But as many, in verse 12, but as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. That day when Zacchaeus sought Jesus, there's a whole, his, his whole life changed. <laughs> And his whole, all his priorities, the principles of living changed. When we seek the Lord, he's not far. He's just there. He's wanting to meet our need. Just like, just like he did with Zacchaeus. Isn't Zacchaeus the one that said, the half of my goods, I'll give to the, what I've stolen, I'll give back. I'll, I'll, things change when Jesus comes in. Um, <clears throat> what a testimony that was, that was. He seeks and saves sinners still. Come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe with thy heart, the Lord Jesus, and does it keep going? <laughs> thou shalt be saved. And you know, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And we've already said, mentioned, first oh, in John chapter one verse twelve. So, are we in the way? Are we obeying what is bidden us to come to him? And if we do, we'll meet the Lord Jesus and we'll worship at his feet. <clears throat> Just going back to Matthew 28. The women met Jesus. They hear the Lord Jesus. They worship at his feet. And they were told to go to Galilee and tell my brethren... This is the first time that the disciples were called brethren. And the, women, they say, the Lord said to the women, not just the angel, this time in verse 10, Be not afraid. Perfect love casteth out fear. And the Lord banished all doubts and dread from them. All hail there in verse 9 means rejoice. They held him by the feet and worshipped him. And it reminded me of that that happened in Luke chapter 12 there was Mary and Martha and Martha was cumbered about with what much serving what was Mary doing sitting at the feet of Jesus while he was still with them and the Lord Jesus said she hath chosen the better part above the things of the world here yes things needed to be done the meal needed to be cooked, uh, the beds needed to be made, and the, you know all that had to be done. But the Lord said, when he's knocking and you seek him and find him, that's the best place to be. <laughs> Martha, Martha. I, I, you'd hear the tone of the voice of the Lord Jesus when he said that to her. You've not chosen the better part. In John chapter 12. What have we chosen? Who are we seeking what are we seeking? Who are we running after? What gets our attention in life? I pray it's the Lord Jesus. Even if you're up a tree, <laughs> seeking to see the Lord Jesus. 
you might be out on a limb. <laughs> I don't know how far he stretched, but out on a limb. People looking, what's that bloke doing? <laughs> Why is he wasting his time going to church? What's happened to grandma and grandpa? They got religion. <laughs> you know, people say they're gone crazy. No, they found the Lord. They sought the Lord. They've been found of him. He's found them and they are rejoicing and their whole priorities change in life. Who has problems with family that don't understand why you do what you do as a Christian? There's people in the church here, many of you. They have problems with what you're doing. They say, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you just like us? I know that. Alicia said that of John when he started coming to church. Now she's in their boots and all too. Where are you? <laughs> that, that's what, what happened way, well, way back. <laughs> Where's my old John? I think, did they tell you, Tony? Or did they just tell me? Sorry, should I make these things public? <laughs> that's, what, that's what they said. <laughs> What's happened to John? Praise the Lord. Alicia knows now what happened to John because it happened to her. And so let it happen. Seek the Lord and uh, be found in the way of the Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that most of the folks here tonight are in the way, on the way to heaven, to glory. <laughs> and I pray, Lord, that, yes, if people criticise and mock and laugh, our relatives, our friends say, what's going on with them? We've found the Lord. <laughs> We've sought Jesus. We've gone out on a limb and seen what he can do for us and others. And I pray that we would encourage them to do likewise and that they might see the light and be saved and then grow and be sanctified and serve and be in the scriptures, studying and growing. Thank you for what you do for us and may you continue to do it for us. And as Peter has told us in the first chapter of Second Peter, they'll be growing in all these things, and be a blessing to people around us. We ask and pray in the Lord Jesus' name. Amen.